Hello, and welcome to another fantabulous episode of the OST Party. This is a movie soundtrack podcast where movie fans and music fans get together and have a rockin' good time talking about all of your favorite movie soundtracks. My name is Joseph Wade. I will be your host for this evening. Here with me tonight is my lovely and belligerent co-host, Libby Cudmore. Libby, what's shaking? Not much. We are in the throes of summer. How are you? I am doing great. I'm melting, but I'm doing great. Oh, yes. Thousand degrees, but otherwise fine. Uh, so tonight on the show, this is one of our On the Fives episodes where we like to change things up and talk about things other than movie soundtracks. And uh, we did say that we were going to do something wild this week, but we'll be pushing that off to our next episode so that we could bring you an episode all about the wonderful world of Bob's Burgers tonight. Yes, the fabulous multi-disc spanning soundtrack. They're on their second record set. Mm-hmm. And... That, I think, only goes up through season seven or eight. There's so many songs. Do you have the record? I had it at one point, and then I realized I would never actually play it around the house. I did sell it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I do have the digital copy, so at least I still have that. Yes, it's quite expansive. It's uh, three discs. I was playing it this afternoon, actually. Yeah. One of the the great things about Bob's Burgers is kind of like... like so many other cartoons before it, like they spend so much time on the music that the songs really shine through in a, in a, in a comedy that's ostensibly just about, you know, people running a restaurant, you know? Yeah. And the music happens somewhat organically, which I love. I especially love, you know, how Linda will just burst out into random songs. And I think because I do that, uh, I sing around the house all the time. So that feels very organic to me in a way that like actual musicals don't. Right. Oh, I yeah. think because the songs are short and they're kind of silly. So now how did you discover Bob's Burgers? I mean, I, I think I started watching it from the beginning just because it was like, oh, it's a new show on Fox. I'll try this out. I remember not thinking much of it in the first season, but then the oh, second no. season, like I realized, oh no, this is something special and I need to hold <laughs> on to this. <laughs> and I've been with it ever since. Uh, what about you? Uh, I generally stay away from adult animation. Um, I think I've been burned too many times. But uh, my friend Heather said, she's like, you have to watch it. It's really good. And I trust her. And she was 100% right. I just, I fell in love with it pretty much from the start. Um, And Ian and I went as Bob and Linda one year for Halloween because I think we really are Bob and Linda. Like I'm very sort of outgoing and kooky and he spends a lot of time going like, Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's he's a me. little more reserved. Yeah. That's totally me. <laughs> and I love that. Uh, I, I love Linda. And also like Tina is such a realistic portrayal of like a preteen girl. And I was Tina. Like I just, I feel her so deeply. In my like she still lives in my soul that's yeah that's what's great about these characters like they're so weird and specific but like you can identify with pretty much every one of them on at least a little bit you know yeah on some level on some level i'm bob on some level i'm always gonna be gene where nothing will make me laugh more than a dumb fart joke in a stupid song yeah i I can't help it (laughs) i really just can't help it i remember i there was one Halloween where I tried to get like a group Bob's Burgers costume going and I had like I had my friends who were going to be Bob and Linda and I had the perfect Teddy outfit <gasps> and I went to the, the like the costume party and they didn't show up. So I was just some jackass dressed like Teddy at a Halloween party. Oh my party. God, no. <laughs> and so I just started leaning into it as, and everybody I talked to, I addressed them as, as hi Bobby or hi Linda. <laughs> <laughs> I just leaned into it and I had a perfectly fun time on my own. But you know That's what, you guys, you left me high and dry. Absolutely. That's <laughs> terrible. Um, you can come be Teddy and Ian and I's Bob and Linda. Anytime. This 4th of July, we actually did a little bit of a Bob's Burgers inspired burger bar. Ooh, nice. For our party. So we had a bunch of different toppings that, that people could choose from. Not quite like burger of the day, but... Um, we have the Bob's Burgers cookbook. It's funny because Ian bought it for me. I bought it for Heather and Heather almost bought it for me. But thank God me something else. And really, I wish there was a way to enshrine H. John Benjamin's Oh My God. 
in like some sort of hall somewhere. It belongs in the Smithsonian. It belongs in a museum. It really does. It's iconic. Hey, before we get any further into Bob's Burgers, we have old business we have to take care of. We do have old business we have to take care of. Uh, Our last episode, we talked about the soundtrack to uh, Twister, which we had a great time with. Oh, yeah. And we asked you what the best song on the Twister soundtrack was. And with uh, a shocking 56% of the vote, uh, Tori Amos' Tallulah won that poll. Well, yeah, that song is amazing. Uh, second place with 22% was was Mark Knopfler's Darling Pretty. Also good. I've actually, that song's been stuck in my head a lot lately. Really? I'm thinking about that song <laughs> a lot. And then uh, tied for third with 11%, yeah, Allison Cross's Moments Like This and Belly's Broken. Okay. And I, I feel like you and I together, we, we chose the songs that we liked and those apparently are not the popular songs from that album, and we're sorry. Yeah. So you can always comment. Um, and for this poll, we won't do a poll, but we'll ask you your favorite songs on Bob's Burgers. Yes, because there's way too many for us to cover tonight. Absolutely. So we just want to hear from our listeners, what songs do you love? And you can send those to us at OST Party on Twitter. Yes. Uh, so let's jump into the wonderful world of Bob's Burgers music. Uh, Libby, we're going to go kind of chronologically through some of our choices. So um, Libby, this first batch is all you. Yes. Um, we kick things off with Lifting Up the Skirt of the Night from Season 1, Episode 6, Sheesh a Cab, Bob. Go to a clip. Lifting up the skirt of the night. Look down. I think this song was the moment that I realized that this show was something special. I think. Really? Yes. Hearing this super slick 70s production that you know I live for. Oh, yeah. And vocals that sound like disco Michael McDonald. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, this show is going to do weird things. Like this show is going to take weird risks and not be afraid to be like a little quirky. And not in a presumptuous way. Right. Like I said, there's an organicness to the music. And I I just, I fell in love right here. This was the moment for me. But what, like, On. what specifically is it that it is, like, the song kind of soundtracking here? Oh, this is uh, where Bob is driving a cab to uh, raise a little extra money so he can throw a birthday party for Tina. Um, and he's driving around mostly picking up prostitutes and taking them to John's and vice versa. Yep. <laughs> like picking up just drunks and messy people. And I, I love that. I love that montage of like nightlife. And just I love the, the gritty underbelly. Yeah. And I love that the, those, those characters are not like you know, one-off randos that we never see again. Like, Bob becomes friends with all of them. Yes, and this episode also gives us Marshmallow. Yes. She is one of my favorites. Marshmallow is great. She comes and goes as she pleases, and she is truly free. (laughs) Show her a a sweet potato casserole, and she is on top of it. (laughs) (laughs) We stand a legend. And it's like that's marshmallow is one of the great things about Bob's Burgers because like they are not afraid of of like shying away from, you know, inclusivity in all its forms. Yes. And I, I mean, up to the up to a point, because I think at a certain point they realized maybe maybe our transgender character shouldn't be voiced by a white dude. Yes. And, yes, and um... at, 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 at once they made that decision, uh, marshmallow disappeared from the show. <laughs> I hope they're going to bring her back at some point. Um, I like to. Th- hope that they are seeking someone else um to voice her yeah i i feel like it's a case of like there's they're, they're looking for the right avenue to like bring her back you know mm-hmm. but she she does i will say she does appear in the movie which just came out yes uh, that so, is good to hear yeah so we, we at least get you know a little bit of marshmallow but yeah just... and marshmallow's had non-speaking roles before she's shown up in scenes uh where she doesn't speak so. Right, and and she she'll appear in a couple of episodes that we're going to talk about tonight. 
Yes. So uh, she's an icon. Just one of those great little running gag characters that like any other show probably would make like an off like the awful butt of a joke or like just not included entirely. But no, she's just part of the fabric of the universe. There's nothing wrong with her. She's not bothering anybody. We all love her. Yeah, she's not beautiful. She's not handsome. She's beautiful. Exactly. And also we get to meet uh, the roller skating guy. We also see him in this scene. I love the roller skating guy. <laughs> <laughs> he also gets a good, a couple of good lines in the movie, I think. Oh, good. I can't wait to see the movie. It's great. It, it, oh. the, the movie, it. I, I'll, I'll say this for the movie. Um, I wish there were more songs. I'll just go ahead and put it that way. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I, I told you this off mic, but um, I have not seen the movie yet because I am saving it to see with uh, Heather. Mm-hmm. We haven't had a chance to watch it together. So saving that for her. Nice. <laughs> yeah, the, this, this song is, like I said, it's just, it's the show kind of not shying away from, like, depicting the seedy underbelly of, of Wonder Wharf. And yeah. It's, it's great. It's just a great little, like, kind of, I don't even know how to, how to put it into words, but just the, the constant <laughs> refrain. That he sings, lifting up the skirt of the night. Which is a weird thing to say. Like, because you're like, uh, did the night consent to that? Like, yeah. and, like pulling down the pants of the night. Like, it's such a, a weird It's a weird turn image. of phrase. But, yeah. And it, that's, I gotta that's, dig it. That's something that runs through all of these songs. It's just like weird things that people don't normally say, but they sound funny. So we're going to make a song about it. Yeah. So... <laughs> Really, 100% here for it. Speaking of which, uh, the second song, please. <laughs> also uh, one of mine. And this is Taffy Butt from season two, episode one, The Belchies. Let's go to a clip. When I first heard this, I was like, that has to be Cindy Lauper. I was like, no, they they wouldn't. And then it was. And I was so happy about that. This was the moment I knew this show was something special. Yes, that they brought in Cindy Lauper to sing a style parody of Goonies Are Good Enough. After an, oh. after an entire episode that's a parody of the Goonies. Yes. It's just, just like the cherry on top of that whole Sunday. Was Cindy Lauper not a Cindy Lauper sound alike, but the one, the only Queen Cindy? Um, and also because Taffy Butt sounds like something Cindy Lauper would have said in the eighties. Probably, yeah. Like it's a very Cindy Lauper phrase. Uh, and, and then here again, like it's they're, they're not saying it for no reason. <laughs> it's, yeah, like, there's a, it's a, a very it's very like plot driven and plot specific that she's singing about like a taffy man that has gold bars in his butt. Yeah, and that the entrance to the Taffy Factory is shaped like a butt. Yep. <laughs> Which also takes on a new meaning, just as I think about it. Um, you and I both watched Beavis and Butthead do the universe. Yeah, yep. Over the weekend. And so, like, the way Tina looks at butts versus the way Beavis and Butthead look at butts, are sort of two ways of talking about hinders. <laughs> they really are. Oh. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. You're absolutely just, right. <laughs> and hers is so like it's it's lusty and but there's there's like a certain innocence to it. Yeah. Like that the way that like teen girls really feel about like you latch on to the object of your affection, in this case, Jimmy Jr., just like these wild hormonal crazed crushes. Because she sees as he's walking away, she's like, every time I think I'm out, that butt pulls me right back in. And I'm like, I get that. I get that so hard. Yep. I feel that. I, I, I get you. And also, I love that, like, this song plays over, like, the end credits of that episode where it's just Jimmy Pesto Jr. dancing his heart out. Yeah. There's God, Jimmy Pesto. That great line in that episode where he's just, he's, he's dancing and he's dancing and he's, he's getting his footloose frustrations out and he screams, don't tell me not to dance, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I think about that line a lot. This episode also introduces Zeke. 
And Zeke is you, one of those characters Zeke that I have come love to Zeke? love. I love Zeke. I love him. And I I just like, I want to wrap my arms around him. I want to adopt him. His family He's moves so around precious. a lot. I just love him so much. And um, also, I don't remember if this episode introduces or if we've seen them before, but Andy and Ollie. Yeah, the the pesto twins who are uh, it's Sarah Silverman and her sister Laura Silverman, and mm-hmm. God, God, if you ask me to pick the best character on the show, I don't think I could do it. No, you can't. You could pick like your favorite character that day, exactly, or like per episode, but it it has to change. Heather and I uh, joke that we are Andy and Ollie, <laughs> so because we're pretty inseparable. She Whenever... actually got me a little Andy and Ollie pin. Whenever, whenever Nikki and I go to a baseball game and someone strikes out, we always start doing the Andy and Ollie thing. We're screaming, you're out of there. You're out of there. You're out of there. <laughs> My favorite is, uh, guess which one of us ate cat food? We both did. <laughs> Since Heather and I both have cats. Oh. We use, we use that one a lot. Mm. We switched underwear. <laughs> Bring it back around to Taffy Butt. Yes. My only complaint is that I just, I wish this song was like one verse longer. Yeah. I want the full like three minute cut of Taffy Butt. Yeah. I really think we need a 12 inch dance remix of Taffy Butt. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Some of them work really well in their short form. Like I don't think we need another verse on lifting up the skirt of the night. No, it's a good, it's a good joke and I think we get it, but Taffy Butt really does feel like a, a whole song. Mm-hmm. And and some of these are some of these are going to be like jokes, and some of these are going to be songs, and then some of these are going to be full blown musical numbers. So it kind of runs yes. the whole gamut, which yeah, I love. And, I love that they can do all these things equally well. Yes, and I'm always fascinated by uh, writers and musicians who can do these kind of style parodies and make them sound really good. And I think "Lifting Up the Skirt of the Night" is one of the weaker ones because they're just getting into it. But by the time they've reached like season nine they're spot on like they've really they found their footing in how they do it right um and i think taffy butt is a really good example of like how how well they know how to craft a cindy lopper song Mm -hmm. like they they just they understand it and i love that guys like uh brett mckenzie and uh jermaine clement do that really well and like to be able to find like what makes a a song that sounds like another artist is that's fascinating to me. Yeah. And also just that, that so many of these songs, including Taffy, but have that, um, that like ukulele sound to it, that, that the main Bob's Burgers theme incorporates, and it just kind of runs through the the entire show gives it mm-hmm. such a, gives it such a fun sort of like homemade feel. Like everything yeah. feels like they're just coming up with it on the fly, but they're geniuses. So it always sounds perfect. Yeah, and that's again that organic feel, right? To to the show, like you know, any any show can just do a, a Goonies reference or do a Goonies parody, but like to go the extra mile to write a Goonies are good enough parody to get Cindy Lauper to do it <laughs> is just that's just a Chef's kiss, like yeah, moment, and then call it Taffy Butt, yeah, and get Cindy Lauper to say the words Taffy Butt. <laughs> that alone was like probably the to, joke. I would like her to. Do that in concert. Like I would pay a lot of money to hear her sing Taffy Butt live. That would be wonderful. So, and I was kind of torn with this one because it was either going to be Taffy Butt or Oil Spill. Ooh, I thought about Oil Spill. And I always think about Oil Spill when I go see Tori Amos because I just I think it would be really funny for her to do it, <laughs> and because it, they nail what a Tori Amos song sounds like, like a 1994 Tori Amos song. Like they sound like that. Like they're really. Yeah. See, when we were sensual. doing Twister last episode, all I could think about was oil spill when we were talking about Tori Amos. Yes. You're not yes. wrong. So, and I love that. I would just, I would love to hear her like play a few bars of oil spill. Oh, I think that'd be really funny. Um, But I have a feeling that Cindy Lauper is probably more likely to do that. And I just always want to give Cindy Lauper a shout out. Absolutely, yeah. So, uh, yeah, and Moving this on. next one is mine as well. Yeah, you picked all the bangers like right up front. <laughs> they they start off strong. Um, this one is Bad Girls from season two, episode eight, Bad Tina. Let's go to a quick. 
person is such a boob punch. She is a boob punch. A boob punch is such a great insult. <laughs> and her use of the word boobs. Like, at one point she tells somebody, like, Tina's probably crying in her boobs. Like, <laughs> it's such a funny word. And Jenny Slate is so fucking funny with it. <laughs> I love uh, Jenny Slate is one of my favorite comedians i think she's so fucking funny in everything she does do you but do you by any chance watch uh the great north no which it's kind of like the the bob's burgers also ran kind of show like the same crew does that show as well yeah but jenny slate is also in that show as a main character and she's also just great i love her i love her so much i just want to be her best friend (laughs) i what i like about this one is i like i like riot girl music i wish i liked it more than i do i can really only take like one or two coat hanger songs and then i'm kind of out uh so this is just enough riot girl like this is enough of a song yes it's just it's it doesn't overstay its welcome and those songs are generally pretty short punk songs tend to run short so this gets it style wise and even down to the length yeah, absolutely. Gets in and out. Um, now, uh, St. Vincent does a version of this on what's known as Bob's Buskers, mm-hmm. uh, which is the EP that comes with the soundtrack that is uh, covers of a handful of songs, a couple by The National and then um, St. Vincent. And I really like her version of it. I, I do too, yeah. That's that's I my preferred version. <laughs> yeah. Um. And it's like, it's tough because I'm actually like, I'm a really good girl. Like I always have been like, I'm just like a kind of a goody two shoes. Um, But sometimes it's fun to be bad. Like I do love boys and their cute butts and I don't want to go see dog prom, but I've never like shoplifted. If I'm being a perfectly honest human being, I would, I would probably go see dog prom. (laughs) (laughs) No. No, I'm medium bad. I don't. I don't want to go see dog prom. <laughs> I don't want to be that bad. No, this is a this is a great song too. And I, I like that it's it's Bob's Burgers kind of branching out into different styles of music because so far we've mm-hmm. gotten like all, a lot of a uh, a lot of ukulele music and they've branched out into some pop eighties like pop with uh, Cindy Lauper and now they're doing the Riot Girl punk stuff. And they do a little bit more of that as the show goes on, but I think I don't think it ever got quite as good as they they did it here. Yeah, this is this one's like this is actually just like a good song to listen to. Like if you just listen to the St. Vincent version, you might not think like oh this is from a cartoon. Exactly. Yeah. Really like the only thing that gives it away is dog prom. <laughs> and it's the first line of the song too, which is the best yeah. part. <laughs> Oh I, man. Yeah, uh, I love I love Tammy. She's awful. <laughs> she's the Oh man, I hate her, but also like I realize that's that's why she's a good character because she, you, they make you hate her so much. She's so loathsome, but like you kind of lo- you kind of love her. You kind of want to be her friend cuz you don't want her against you. She's the perfect anti-Tina. She's yeah, she's the perfect friend of me. <laughs> she's way better than Jocelyn. Jocelyn's too annoying. Oh god. But like, no, she like Tammy introduces like t- the two two phrases in in. Well, let me take that back because I don't say don't be a boob punch. I tell people to not have a crap attack. I do say that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guess I guess it's my turn to take over. For yeah, a you're bit. you're up. So jumping into season three, episode fourteen, Lindependent Woman. This is a song called "This Is Working." Let's go to a clip. Look at me, I'm wrangling these cots on my own. Look at me, I'm chopping up this lettuce alone. I'm at work and you can hear me sing. This is working, this is work. I'm really interested in hearing why you picked this one, so. I I think it's just the form of it. Because at this point in the show, they've done like little songs and ditties and stuff. But this was the first time they've really tried to do like a musical number. And I, I, w- I was very taken with it. Like, I thought it was very well structured. I liked the whole split screen thing where Bob is singing his bit and Linda's singing her bit. It all of a sudden sounded like an actual 
legitimate musical, and I kind of wish they had stuck with it. I wish yeah, this it, episode had been a full 30-minute musical. Okay. it's <laughs> It does have, like, a sort of operatic narrative structure, which I like. Yeah. Like a little, like, lo- like an operetta. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one didn't stand out for me. Really? And maybe, like, divorced from the episode. Maybe so. Uh, is is why. Because um, it I, felt a little unfinished. Like you said, it should have maybe been a 30-minute Right, and I, I think I picked it just because I, I appreciate the form of it, and I'm, I guess I just want to highlight that like they can do this, but also yeah. I would love to see and hear more of it. But like okay. the, the idea of the episode is that you know Linda gets so fed up with working at uh, Bob's Burgers that she goes and she gets a job at, at a grocery store, and all of a sudden she loves it because she's working her own job, she's doing her own thing, and she's like, for the first time in her life, she's free from Bob. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And, and her kids and her kids and meanwhile bob is just miserable because all of a sudden he's dealing with the kids and the restaurant and everything else all on his own and he hates mm-hmm. it good for her and it's it's such a nice like up and down like you see you see both sides of that argument and she's mm-hmm. she's singing it and she's upbeat and he's singing it and he's so depressed <laughs> and they come together and it's just such a wonderful little song i wish they had been a full operetta yeah exactly <laughs> yeah i love linda i like I feel Linda and I'm not a mom. So I don't know that part, but I've definitely, like I said, I love to like sing and I'm kind of goofy and yeah. I just like, I I have her big bombastic personality. If you haven't guessed, <laughs> I do sing all the fucking time though. I sing to my cats like crazy. I just walk around singing, <laughs> make up little songs a lot, which is something like my dad did that. Like I come from a family of people who just like make up dumb little songs. All oh the yeah, time. and that's that's Linda to a T, and that's why we love her, <laughs> and that's why John Roberts is 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 the best. Yeah, the absolute best. Hmm. But yeah, I, I, this was a fun little one, but uh, we got we got better bigger fish to fry. I just yes. I just wanted to highlight that Bob's Burgers can do more than just like little song ditties. They can do more ambitious numbers. And like right. we haven't, we won't talk about it. But like, um, there's the one, there's the episode where uh, Bob is about to be murdered under under Wonder Wharf. Yes, and he sings the song "Bad Things Are Bad," and it's oh yep. my god, it breaks my heart. <laughs> I wish I had yes. picked that one now that I think about it. I know. I, I'm thinking like, oh, I could have talked about uh, "Work Hard, Die Trying," girl. Like they they do a lot of like those kind of musical numbers. Yes, there were so many good ones, and we we, we really we, could not possibly pick them all. We could have each picked ten and still not come anywhere near. Oh no, I mean, if anything, it just means we'll have to do a second episode at some point. I'm good with that. Hell yeah! If they make if they make a second movie, yep, let's do it. <laughs> <sighs> so from from one musical number to the, to another, uh, from season three, episode sixteen, you know it, you love it. This is this is Electric Love from Topsy. But I never noticed the curve of her trunk. And I never noticed his electric trunk. What other TV show can you think of that has done a musical number between Thomas Edison and the elephant that he murdered? That's a good point. Um, this one is actually like my least favorite. Oh, really? And I think it's and it, it's not the song, which is fine. Uh, did you ever read Kevin Murphy's A Year at the Movies? No. He writes an essay about Topsy because they have filmed footage of it right i've seen that footage it's horrifying yeah and they have it on exhibit and he's watched it as part of this um as part of this this book which i'm really surprised you haven't read because it's phenomenal um and i think about that whenever i hear about like topsy and it just makes me too sad Mm -hmm. and his essay is so moving and so beautiful and I think about that. And the last line is, you know, he's talking about seeing the movie. He's like, an admission is 25 cents. And there's just something like very haunting about that last line. Um, you know, that you can go watch this elephant be electrocuted. Yeah. I mean, and but, at, like, yeah. that's not the fault of electric love. But it, that's one of those things that just like it just, like lives with me. 
it's yeah the real life part of it kind of comes in and makes it so much more depressing than it should be but that, yeah. that's that's also kind of the point of the episode because Louise exactly. is, is Louise is trying to derail this science presentation about Thomas Edison, and she's doing it by making a presentation about this this the time that he murdered an elephant, and then Gene mm-hmm. comes in is like I can write a song about it, and he writes this genuinely moving love song, <laughs> and it's the greatest thing in the world. Yes, because it's not what happened. Dear God. Yeah. Um, and it's Mr. Fish Odor and Gail singing it. Yes. It, uh, Kevin Klein and Megan Mullally, who are both just wonderful. Yes. And it's it's one of those things where we don't give Kevin Klein enough credit as Mr. Fish Odor. Like, we do, but we don't. And I always kind of forget about it until he shows up. And I'm like, this character is delightful. He's the best. I, I, almost, I almost chose one of his songs for... Um, I almost chose the spirits of Christmas because it's supposed to be a song about him singing about all the all of the liquors that he loves, but then it just becomes a song about how much he loves bourbon. Oh bourbon, oh bourbon, <laughs> and that's fucking hilarious. And of course, Gail, um, uh, who like Ian can't stand. I have a weird affection for Gail. I think in part because she is um, voiced by uh, one of the only good things to come out of Oklahoma, other than me. Uh, Megan Mullally, right, right, Oklahoma native. My sis- my aunt went to school with her sister. I was like best friends with her. <laughs> True story. Cool. Um, and I also like that her cat is named Mister Jim Business. <laughs> Mister Business, yeah, which is an incredible name for a cat. <laughs> Mister Business is the best name for a cat that I've ever heard. I feel like calling any cat Mr. Obviously, I have my cat, Mr. Mustard. Like, giving a cat <laughs> a formal name and she, it's just too fucking funny. Gail has one of the best lines in the show, too, because she's talking about, I think it's Mr. Business, where she's like, yeah, I, I saw him. He was so sad. He was just sitting on somebody else's porch. <laughs> so I took it. <laughs> she's so deranged, and I... I love her. She's awful, but she's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And we could have done any of uh, her songs from her band in the high school reunion. What, the Tatas? Yeah, we could have. We could have done a whole thing about the Tatas. Um, except her song about Derek Dimitopoulos makes me really uncomfortable. Yeah. Really uncomfortable. Um... <laughs> but, uh, uh, where, God. Oh, right. Going back, getting back to Topsy, though, like in uh, my favorite moment in the whole thing is in the middle of this song, like they cut to like the audience watching and Bob and Linda are standing in the back and Bob is just going, oh, my God, did Gene write this song? (laughs) And he's like genuinely impressed that his son wrote a good song. Yeah. And that the show can stop for a moment and like let that let the dad be proud of his son for a second. I love that. Yes, that's actually a great transition to our next song, which does finally feature Gene. Yes, take it away. Uh, So this is Just Afraid of Snakes from Season 3, Episode 18. It's Snakes of Village. Let's go to a clip. I'm not afraid of ghosts. I'm not afraid of sharks. I'm not afraid of cancer. I'm just afraid of snakes. They really creep me out. Where are their arms and legs? It's not okay. I'm not afraid of ghosts. three fucking kills it it's it's songs. where they hit their stride and it's just they're knocking it out of the park left and right yes and this one just it cracks me up uh it's got sort of a danny elfman tom waits vibe like it definitely has that sort of danny elfman sing talking yeah that we hear in oingo boingo uh with a little bit of like tom waits sort of calliope wobbly circus um it's that timpani like, drum that Boom, yes. boom. Yeah, I love that. Um, it's, yeah, sort of like late period, like Frank's wild years or like up into something like Alice or Blood Money. Like it's just like fucking weird as shit. And I love <laughs> it. It's also really fun to yell like, where are their arms and legs? It's not okay. <laughs> and I love this because one of the things that I, I really, really love about Bob's Burgers uh, as we touched on with Tina, is the it always captures like the real honesty of being a kid, and so few shows fully do that. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like when you're a kid and even when you're an adult, like you have these dumb fears that, that like don't have any basis in reality. But just like where are their arms and legs? Yeah, exactly. It's like not you can't okay. ex- you can't explain it, and that's terrifying. Yes, um, and like like for me, I have like a weird distrust of milk. Ooh, okay. I'm just like it, like it could be sour, and I don't want to smell it because it always smells terrible to me, even when it's fine. And my husband is always like, "It's fine," but I'm scared of it. Like I have like a weird fear of milk. Just grosses me out. Yikes! It's not okay. Where is its <laughs> arms and legs? <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of of something I have like like that now, and all I can think of is you know, like I like last said last episode. I used to watch the Weather Channel constantly because I was terrified of thunder. Yeah, it's like it's like and- that. It's reasonable when you get down to it, but like when you take it to those extremes, it just becomes silly. You can't yeah. help it. You're a kid. You can't help it. Yeah, like your fears feel so real at that that time, and like, and the sad thing is, is that when you become an adult, like your fears, you do have real fears that are like can actually kill you, right? And like you sit with like the existential questions of like, will I get shot at a parade? Mm-hmm. And that's terrifying. Like when you're a kid, you're just like, I don't like snakes. Yep. Where and, are their arms and legs? And now, guess what? You're an adult, and you just have to to deal with it. Yeah, you just have to deal with the snakes. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> but I, but I, I do love this song. It cracks me up. It's one Heather and I will like sing to each other or like text. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, and another, it's another one of my favorite parts of Bob's Burgers, how I, the end credits, like the, the credit crawl, they will do some animation to go along with whatever song they're playing. And this and then this one, it's Gene basically giving like a presentation about why he hates snakes. Mm-hmm. with like visual aids and everything it's wonderful and we could have done so many gene songs i mean we're not even touching on the itty bitty ditty committee uh which of course has my favorite bob's burgers line which is uh, where daryl says you know i thought we could be a real band you know like steely dan and <laughs> of course uh gene replies steely dan's not coming for you he's not coming for any of us and I think that was actually the first episode I watched because Heather watched that. She's like, you have to watch this episode. You'll know it when you get to it. <laughs> and I was like, there it is. There we go. Uh, <laughs> but like Gene, Gene is so funny. And he, like his the songs he writes are so delightful. Um, you know, there's actually uh, Heather was um, singing Burgers and Fries the other day. <laughs> When she was over for uh, our annual fizzball celebration, because uh, I told her, "Hey, we're doing a burger bar," and she's like, "Burgers and fries, I want some burgers and fries." And then I, of course, chimed in, "Well, there's some right here." And she said, "Don't you tell me no lies." Um. So I, I, I think about silent love a lot. <laughs> when I close my eyes and cover my ears, it's almost like you're not here. <laughs> But I love Gene. And have you seen any of Eugene Merman's stand-up? Yes, I have. Yeah. Oh my god, he's, he's fantastic. Vegan on the way to the complaint store might be the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. It's incredible. It's genuinely incredible. I, just, I could not, I could not stop laughing when I found it. And we watched him on uh, John Oliver's stand-up special. Uh huh. Which have you seen that one? No, I haven't seen that. If you have Paramount Plus, that's worth it. He's the headliner, so he gets like a twenty-minute set. Okay. Uh, since I know you have Paramount Plus now. Yep. Um, it is. It's worth it. It is so fucking funny. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, because like with Paramount Plus, I watched the Beavis and Butthead movie, the, the first half of the first episode of the Halo series, and then I just dipped out. I was like, I'm done. I don't need this. Yeah, we got it. Um, when Picard season two premiered, and um. I got what I wanted out of that. There you go. <laughs> but the next song on our, our tour through Bob's Burgers comes from season four, episode five, Turkey in a Can. It's the Gravy Boat song. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, because because one is so short, I'm, we're going to play both, but we're going to go ahead and play the original here now. A ding, a ding. Oh, what's that sound? It's the Gravy Boat. A okay. coming around. It's not a Navy boat. It's the Gravy Boat. Filled with bravery, savory, sailor folk. Embark. Fill our plates and fill our hearts. 
sailors in your mouth. Sailors in your mouth. That's what Thanksgiving is all about. Which is both wonderful and awful for kind of the same reasons. <laughs> I like like its burlesque dirtiness, like just as it starts to get into like the back half. Yeah. <laughs> Once they get to that moment, you're like, oh, where is this going to take me? And then it just kind of stops. And like with their gravelly voices. Yeah. <laughs> like it gets oh. into that after dark. Sailors in your mouth. <laughs> oh, my God. One thing that I love about Bob's Burgers is they take Thanksgiving kind of more seriously than the other holidays. Yes. So the Thanksgiving episodes are always on point. They they are on and this one, and, in, this one in particular, uh, Gail and Linda have taken it upon themselves to write the perfect Thanksgiving song. And this is what yes. they came up with. <laughs> yes, because uh, in the previous year, we got uh, in an indecent Thanksgiving proposal, we got the, kind of the original Thanksgiving song. Yes, I forgot about that song already. Oh yes. My God. Uh, thanking you for thanking me. Uh, Killed kill the, the, the turkey. Yes. And, like, that's a hard one to top. But I actually, I like that song better, but I think this episode is funnier. I, I agree. That's that's the more iconic song, and I can't believe I forgot it. But also <laughs> the reason I bring in Gravy Boat is because this is another one of those Bob's Buskers tunes that got a, a cover by The National. And they cover this song, and it's the strangest thing I've ever heard. And it's I'm It's kind of surreal. I'm going to play it for you now because, oh, my God. It's a gravy boat. Coming around, it's not a navy boat, it's a gravy boat filled with bravery, savory sailor folk stuffing the sailors to some bark. Fill our plates, fill our hearts, fill our hearts. It's yeah, it's it's weird. They take it in a completely different direction, but you buy it a hundred percent. Yeah, this one's like a little too twee for me. Where I'm just like, uh, I don't like it. I, mean, I doesn't. I don't think it fits as well as Saint Vincent doing Bad Girls. I agree, but if, but I, and I agree because I, I'm not a big fan of the National for that very reason. Oh shoot! I just realized they're playing here. Oh really? Like in a couple, like in August, I think they're playing at Brewery Oma Gang. I should go and yell out like Gravy Boat song. I would love to know song. what happens. You have to do that and tell me what happens. Okay, I probably won't. Oh, come on. <laughs> Maybe. I think I just I just love that this exists, like that uh, the National covered this little half ditty from Bob's Burgers, and then Bob's Burgers took it and animated a whole music video around it. Yes. It's like the way that they incorporate music into the show and that the way music kind of comes to Bob's Burgers is, I love that. I love that they're all kind of on the same page. Even if it's an artist like The National that I'm not really a fan of, but they do something really strange with a a, a silly song like this. Yeah, and, and it really it only into, has like three lines. Yeah, and they elevate it into something that that you don't expect. Where the way the way the sad way that they sing "Sailors in Your Mouth" is just like, what have what what kind of alternate dimension did I fall into all of a sudden? Uh, yeah, it's it gets like I said, very, very, very surreal. It, it, it gets, yeah, it gets very, yeah, <laughs> mournful almost. Very is this that like those sea shanties that all the kids were doing? Yeah, it, it, right. Uh, <laughs> it's not not the navy boat, but the gravy boat. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see. I want to see TikToks of kids dancing to this. I do not want to see that. I said that facetiously. I also don't want to see that. <laughs> um, but you know what? I what you know what does get the kids dancing? It's boy bands because who doesn't oh, love yeah. a good boy band? And like I like I've been saying, Bob's Burgers is they're kind of they're kind of geniuses at doing every style of music, and they somehow cracked the code to doing a perfect boy band song. Yes, because. Uh, from season six, episode three, The Haunting. Uh, this is Boys for Now with I Love You So Much It's Scary. Yeah. 
This is the perfect Halloween song right here. It kind of is. I mean, not that I, I care about Boo Boo or anything. No, I mean, it's a stupid face. You yeah. know, I'm going to slap uh, it. <laughs> I use that a lot. <laughs> I use that gif a lot. Uh... <laughs> you do. You send it to me a lot. <laughs> but, like, yeah, Boys for Now is, is the Bob's Burgers version of, like, you know, the Backstreet Boys or whatever. And Yeah, I think that's supposed to be One Direction specifically. <laughs> Uh, well, that makes sense, but there's four yeah. of them, which, which, so they're 98 degrees, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. But every song that they put out is an absolute banger. <laughs> yeah, because you went kind of hard on Boys for Now. I kind of did. Like, I, I just, I don't know what it is about this song. Like every Halloween, I will play, put this link out in the world because I love it so much. <laughs> and I think it's just, it's the perfect. It's the perfect like distillation of like it's kind of thriller. It's kind of um, what's the Backstreet Boys song? Backstreet. Everybody. Back everybody. Back. Backstreet's back. It's kind of that, but also it's just the dumbest. Like let's reference every horror thing we can think of in one song, mm-hmm. but it works. <laughs> yeah, and this one I don't like boy bands. I never have. So this one doesn't like land for me musically, but I agree with everything you're saying. And it's so because it's so committed to sounding not just like a boy band, but specifically like a late 2000s boy band because they did shift. Um, you know, One Direction doesn't sound like New Kids on the Block, but they they really just took the video or the inexplicable video if you will, yes. for everybody Backstreet's Back and made an actual song out of it. And it's fucking weird as shit. I love it. It, it absolutely works. Yeah. And the video for this one features the new Alan, which is bad news for Teddy. <laughs> yeah, he's a big Alan guy. <laughs> but They the... rotate him out every couple. <laughs> oh, so, oh, so they're Menudo. Okay, I get it now. <laughs> But and the, I love that, like, one of them might be a dad, but is pretending to be 17. Yeah, he, he obviously has a mustache. He's, like, a foot taller than all the rest of them. But the other reason I bring this one up is because uh, I got to see a, a performance of Bob's Burgers live a few years ago. <gasps> I'm so jealous. And The Hauntening, this was the episode they did, like, a live table read of for the oh, audience. Wow. Yeah, so, like, the, the way that Bob's Burgers live worked was that every main cast member, like um, Eugene Merman, Kristen Schaal, Dan Mintz, uh, John Roberts, uh, John Benjamin, they would all come out and do like 15 to 20 minutes of stand-up each. And then Ooh. they would all come out and do like a full table read of like an upcoming episode. And this was the episode they read for us. But wow. the thing was, they didn't include the Boys For Now bit at the end, either because they hadn't written it yet, or I don't know why they it just it wasn't there so when i finally got to watch the episode on tv it was the biggest surprise <laughs> best part of the episode that's awesome yeah i would love to see that i don't know if they do it anymore but they really should yeah um maybe they'll they'll take that out i saw letter kenny live but that was really more just like little skits and then some stand up oh nice um, but same kind of thing but no table reads mm-hmm. um and i remember uh the merch stand for the Bob's Burgers Live, they sold little um, flash drives that sh- were shaped like Coochie Kopi, <gasps> Louise's little little uh, nightlight. Mm-hmm. And they said, like, uh, they had hundreds of those. Five of the ones they, sh- they they sold that night had the full Bob's Burgers album on it. Mine was not one of them. Oh, dang. I know. <laughs> uh, actually, uh, Heather bought me a Coochie Kopi nightlight. Like it, you put it in the window and it glows in the dark. Yeah, um, I got, it is in our it is in our guest room. I got Nikki one. It's in our bedroom. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> if if you ever come stay with us, you will sleep in the room with a coochie copy. It's, it's, it's like, pretty powerful. It's like I'm actually. sleeping at home. Yep, <laughs> I love it. It gives off good light. Um, and that's where Heather usually stays when she comes. So she that's cool. She copy in there with her. That's cool. But like every time boys for now show up in this show. I know the song is going to be ridiculous, but also like genius. Yeah. Like uh, I want to, I want to just shout out the the one song called, um, I want to hear your secrets where it's, oh, yeah. where it's just boo boo asking like all of, <laughs> all of like the, 
the credit card security information <laughs> that a kid might have. It's like, <laughs> I want to hear your secrets. Like, what's your dad's name? <laughs> It sounds kind of insidious when you put it that way. Oh, boo-boo. Oh, dumb boo-boo. Whatever. Whatever. (laughs) Uh, Libby, this this next one's all you. Yes. So um, we're going to take things again. We're going to go back to one of the holiday songs. There are so many, but I particularly like The Bleakin from season eight, episode six, The Bleakening. And maybe when we find him, we can ask for Mom's tree back. Sure, sure, sure. But mostly it's about running him out of town before he steals our Christmas presents. Totally. I just think maybe once we find him and scare him, it wouldn't hurt to ask for Mom's tree. Uh, yeah. The weekend is gonna wish that he was never born. As a genre, metal doesn't get enough credit for their incorporation of some absolutely stellar harmonies like we hear at the end of this one. I'm... Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Like, this is a pretty badass song Mm -hmm. to be sung by three kids. And I would love to hear, like, a real metal version of this. Like, I would love to hear Battle Beast just, like, rip this up. Oh, man. Like, if if Lauren Bichard ever got in touch with Brendan Small again and they got Death Clock to do this, (laughs) game over. (laughs) So, um, and what I really, I like about this is they incorporate a reprise Mm -hmm. later on. Um, which slows it down. It makes it really creepy, and it's punctuated by Tina's ha 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 ha. <laughs> yes, I love it. Uh, and this this one was tough because this episode also contains uh, "Twinkling Lights." Yeah, I almost picked that one too. I really, really love uh, that one. Makes me like choke up. But we haven't heard a metal song up to this point. Yeah, and so I wanted to give uh, the Bleak and a shout out for. Again, for kind of going a little further afield. Yeah, and this, it's it's a moment where Bob's Burgers really does go like swing for the fences as far as not just like the song but the style because they mm-hmm. go for like a full like Game of Thrones kind of musical sequence. Yep, which is bizarre on its own right, but mm-hmm. then you get like the this very upbeat metal song that that Kristen Shaw has to like sing shout over, and it's she kills it. I know, and I'm I'm really hit or miss on Christian Kristen Shaw. Like, I want to like her more than I do. I find her really irritating. Like when I see the actress, um, I don't really love her stand up. I didn't love her on Thirty Rock, but I love her as Louise. Like she's perfect as Louise. Mm-hmm. She's pretty good on um, uh, what we do in the shadows. But again, like Louise is where she really shines. Yeah, I mean, I, she is. She really is a, a voice actress. Actually, you know what? I'll say no. She's great on The Last Man on Earth, if you ever saw that show. Which I didn't. I should. I think she just tends to make too exaggerated facial features, and I think that throws me off. Yeah. In, in uh, Bob's Burgers, Louise is a, one, one among the best characters. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't love Louise? <laughs> and also, like, in the movie, when you when you finally see the movie, Louise gets like one of the best numbers in the whole whole film. Ooh, I can't wait. Yeah. It's great. Um, and I also yes. love that the bleakening is like, every once in a while, Bob's Burgers will do like a two-parter, and this mm-hmm. is one of them, and it's a Christmas yes. episode, a Christmas two-parter. Yeah, and I, I love new mythologies. Mm-hmm. Like, I love the mythology around the bleakening. Yeah. And that's, like, it's another great thing to think about, like, at the holidays, because we all do feel like, kind of, do feel like the bleakening robs us of our joy. Mm-hmm. As we get late into December and you live in upstate fucking New York. And it but you know, isn't it just nice to have like some kind of mystery and magic in the world? Still. (laughs) And when people do things like, I don't know, blow up the Georgia Guidestones, it robs us of a little bit of that. Yeah, that I I thought of I was I the person that told you about that? You were, and it ruined my entire day. So thanks a lot. You had to find out from me that I'm sorry. Yeah. And then I you also had to find out from me about the Clerks Three trailer. So <sighs> it was a rough day, I just, y'all. I just hear like out out here ruining your life. I'm the Louise to your Jean. You're the Louise to my regular sized Rudy. Yes. Oh man, regular regular sized Rudy needs a musical number. He might be the best character on the show, and we haven't we haven't even said his name yet. So I know. So not to be confused with 
<laughs> pint size Rudy. <laughs> we can't talk about regular size Rudy without talking about his iconic costume of Paul Rudd in I Love You, Man. Yes. Who doesn't remember Paul Rudd in I Love You, Man? <laughs> I think that was the moment in Bob's Burgers where I laughed the actual hardest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, See, now we're... And- now we're just remembering how good the show is. And I kind of just want to end the show so we can go watch I, that like, show. Go watch Bob's Burgers. I know. But like, and that's the problem I find with this, this show, because there's so much. I like when I think like, oh, I want to watch an episode of Bob's Burgers. I don't even know where to begin to like randomly watch one. Yeah. There needs to be like a button on Hulu that just says like, pick a random episode, please. Yeah. You know, Bob's Burgers. It's they're, they're all winners is the problem. <laughs> Yes, and we're actually up to our last song for our list. Yeah, and now this one, I had trouble picking five. Somehow, I had trouble picking five. And I've already told you, like, six that I decided not to pick because I'm dumb. Uh, <laughs> so my girlfriend, Nikki, stepped in and says, I know exactly what you should end the show with. Season nine, episode one, from the episode just one of the boys for now for now. The song is called The Right Number of Boys. Ooh, Nikki gets me. <laughs> Let's go to a quote. Get your kicks. How about seven? Sounds like heaven. It could be great. No pants in space. More, more, more forever. More, more, more forever. Boys. The right number of boys for you. I really do feel like this one is for me. I mean, the right number of boys is for Walton Goggins, Matthew Modine, Bill Pullman, and Steve Perry from the Cherry Pop and Daddies. Not to be confused with Steve Perry from Journey. He's not hot. The other Steve Perry, fucking hot. That is fair. It's the right number of boys. But there could also be seven. Like, I could name, like, a lot more boys. You know I could. And I love that the, the, the message of the song is, like, there is no wrong number. Yeah. You know, it could be four. It could be five. It could be seven. It could be 13. It's yeah. okay. I know. There's always, like, a little bit of a low-key, um, like, polyamorous theme that runs under Bob's Burgers. And I love that. It is such an inclusive show. And... I love that they're not limiting Tina to only one. Like, she can explore who she is Very without nice. making it, like, really after-school special. Yeah, like, she's not, she's not, the show doesn't stick her with just being hung up on Jimmy Jr. She can explore yeah. other options like she does when she goes to, when she goes to the new Boys For Now audition to find the one boy that she ran into that day and starts lusting after every boy she meets that day. Girl, I feel you. <laughs> I feel you. Uh, yeah, there's another where she's in love with a dancer. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And she has to choose between him and Jimmy Jr. And while she tries to initiate, like, I'll date you sometimes and you sometimes, it's not how they want to do it, So, which is their choice, and we respect that. But I also respect her starting to think about what she wants and that maybe uh, monogamy isn't for her. Right. But and also... I respect that. But also that dancer was introduced in the episode where Linda starts working at the grocery store. So this show, like, it remembers all of those little character moments and it weaves a whole community out of it. Yes. And I think that's what really grounds Bob's Burgers and what really grounded, like, The Simpsons. Um, What was great about The Simpsons was not the Simpson family, but everyone around them. And Bob's Burgers recognizes and honors that tradition by having, like, a live and active community of freaks and weirdos and villains and the rich people just, that live on the island, the people that yes. live down by the wharf, like every, every the whole town. It's a whole town, and we have no idea where this town is. Just like yes. the Simpsons. Supposedly, it's like New Jersey. I think is it's somewhere in the Northeast. That because you know they tracks. drive south to Florida. Yes, New Jersey really tracks. Like I, if it, if they came out tomorrow and said Wonder Woman was in New Jersey. Of course. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, but I love it. And even the characters like Mickey, who's a bank robber. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they love him. He's not I mean, a great person, but they find the humanity in him. There's a biker gang that they're friends with. Yeah, like, the, they, they the really... one-eyed snakes. Yep. <laughs> yes. And they find the humanity in everyone for all of their goodness and all of their flaws and all of their weirdness 
that's what makes the show so special. Absolutely. And every is it true it loves its characters. And everybody gets a moment to shine, whether it be in a song or in a, a funny moment or a funny recurring bit. You know, we love mm-hmm. the the roller skating guy just as much as we love uh Mickey or as much as we love Aunt Gail, for better or for worse. It's just they're all part of this really strange little world. And it's all great. And especially when you think about the world you inhabited as a kid Mm -hmm. and the weird neighbors and the mythology around your neighborhood. And this captures that because every, every town has a roller skating guy and every town has like an eccentric rich person and every town has rivalries. Uh, Of course, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Jimmy Pesto going forward. Ooh, yeah. Because Jimmy Pesto may or may not still be wanted by the FBI. (laughs) Which seems like a really Jimmy Pesto thing. Like, if you told me that, like, Marshmallow was at January 6th, I'd be horrified. But Jimmy Pesto being at the January 6th insurrection, you're like, that tracks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, of course Jimmy Pesto would be there. That guy's a dirtbag. But like, oh, I oh, hope ch- they recast him. Oh, Choo Choo the Herky Jerky Dancer is an insurrectionist. Oh, what a shame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope they re- they recast that character because Jimmy Pesto is such a shit heel. But, we- but again, we love him because he's a shit heel. And we need him. And honestly, if, if John Benjamin's going to keep playing uh, Jimmy Jr., he might as well play Jimmy Sr. I There was somebody else. Um, I can't remember who it was, but when it came out that it was likely... Uh, Jay Johnson at the January 6th insurrection. There was another actor who's like, I do a really good Jimmy Pesto. Call me up. <laughs> Can't remember who it was, but I think they should absolutely cast him. Oh, yeah. But that's that's the magic of Bob's Burgers is that like from 13 seasons of a show to a, a movie, like it's never lost that that magic no. of being a small town full of weirdos and everybody has a song in their heart. And whether or not they can sing or dance, it doesn't matter because they're all going to sing. Mm-hmm. They just want to dance, Dad. Exactly. So we here at the OST Party love Bob's Burgers, and we hope you do as well. Um yes. And if you don't, maybe this episode has inspired you to check it out. Yeah, you should. It's, it's a bit of joy in an ever-bleakening world. Exactly. You know, 30, 30 minutes out of your week you know, every week for the last 13 years. Uh, who could say no to that? Exactly. Um, but yeah, so what's ne- What's up? What's next for the OST party, Libby? Up next, we are going to talk about something wild, as we uh, discussed earlier. Uh, I kind of got bumped for this episode, but we are going to uh, have some fond memories of Ray Liotta and listen to some uh, New Order. Hell yeah. Done. Well, yeah, that's going to do it for the OST Party. If you want to get at us anyway on the internet, you can tweet at us at OST Party, or you can send anything you want to our email uh, at OSTPartyPod at gmail.com. Libby, where can our listeners find you? You can find me on Twitter at Libby Cudmore, or you can find me on Instagram at record underscore Saturday. Joe, where can they find you? Uh, You can find me on Twitter and or Instagram at Cordial Wombat, or you can find me on the Christmas Creeps podcast at Christmas Creeps, where we talk about Christmas movies all year round. And you have a uh, Ray Liotta one. Yeah, we just did an episode on the the movie Turbulence, which, uh, as as Jonathan, my co-host Jonathan pointed out, is like he wanted to watch Speed, and I said, no, we have Speed at home. <laughs> <laughs> so go check that out, and uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with an episode on something wild. So for the OST yeah. Party, I'm Joseph Wade. And I'm Libby Cudmore. Buckle it up. Buckle it up. Buckle, Buckle it up, or you'll die. Ding, 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 dong. A ding a ding a ding a ding a ding a ding Bob, show us your ding ding. Ding ding. Ding ding.